When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. During the month of July, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, and I are bringing you the podcast version of our 20 questions about the Browns. Every weekday, we'll have a post from one of us on cleveland.com slash Browns answering a question about the team as we head into training camp at the end of July. We'll also have accompanying podcasts each day where the three of us will discuss the topic. We cover everything from Baker Mayfield's accuracy to who will start at right guard. So make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to check out Football Insider. It's our subscription service where Mary Kay, Scott, and I will text you throughout the day with the latest on the Browns. News, analysis, what we're thinking and hearing, and more. And the best part is you can text us back and we'll text with you directly. It cuts through the clutter of social media. It's another way to connect with us as we cover your favorite football team. We also hold events with our team of writers that includes Terry Pluto and Doug Maurice exclusively for our subscribers. We held a virtual draft event the week before the draft this year, and we also held a virtual event where we talked all things Baker Mayfield. You probably heard both of those on the podcast, but if you weren't a Football Insider subscriber, you didn't get to participate and have your voice heard because these events are only open to our football insiders. If you want to check it out, you can get a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. Football Insiders $3.99 per month after your trial expires. Or better yet, you can just text 216-208-3965 to get your trial started. Again, to get that 14-day free trial started and see everything that comes with your subscription, text 216 208 3965. Now, let's get to our question for today. And today's question goes to you, Mary Kay. What is it? It is Will Odell Beckham Jr. be happy in Kevin Stefanski's offense? We all know this is a run oriented offense. It's got a lot of two tight ends, sometimes even three tight ends. And we know that last year, Stefan Diggs, even though he was the leading receiver for the Vikings and had, I think, maybe even a career year in terms of uh, his average yards per catch. He was unhappy, and he's not even there anymore. So uh, hopefully for the Browns, nothing like that happens. But um, Kevin Stefanski has gone out of his way this year to, to really talk to Odell, to sit down with him and show him just how he's going to be used, how he's going to be showcased, and how he's, he thinks that he will flourish in this offense. And from everything that we've seen and everything that we've heard from Odell Beckham Jr. so far, it seems like he's all bought in. That's what Alex Van Pelt has told us. That's what Baker Mayfield has told us about Odell. He's participating in all the Zoom meetings. He's been all in in the offseason program. And it seems like he's kind of over what went on last offseason. He wasn't happy last offseason. We all knew that. I mean, we all tried to, you know, act like it was this or it was that. 
But the truth of the matter is, at this time last year, he was still really struggling with the fact that he was traded from the Giants. He was not feeling good physically. He had a lot on his plate. I think he was, you know, I think he was homesick for New York. Uh, and there was just a lot going on with him last year. I think all of that has changed this year. Uh, I think that, you know, in terms of, now look, the world has turned upside down. So everybody's kind of in a weird situation this offseason. But he's not resisting being a Cleveland Brown anymore. I think he's very open to this offense. I think he's excited about uh, the organization under Kevin Stefanski and just a proven scheme that he knows will work. The real question we're asking here is what is happiness for Odell Beckham Jr.? Uh, you know, it, I think the Browns winning will help us, you know, determine that. Um, you know, he had a thousand yard season last season, even though everybody uh, described it as uh, kind of a disappointment. Um, a lot of that going back to the struggles it seemed they had getting from the ball. But at the end of the day, 1,000 yards, he only had four touchdowns, which can be considered as a disappointment. And he had 133 targets. You know, him and Odell, both over 130 targets, which was like top 10 in the league. Um, 130 targets, only 74 catches. So, you know, if if that number, that gap there shrinks a little bit, if the catch rate improves, if, you know, he isn't seeing so many balls that are uncatchable uh, coming his way or that are intercepted coming his way, um, maybe that leads to more happiness. Uh, but I think this season we're going to find out, you know, can Odell Beckham Jr. be uh, – you know, the second or third leading receiver on this team, but they're winning, and is that good enough? Um, I think it's a question you always have to ask with receivers who are used to being the guy, and he has certainly been that earlier in his career. So, um, yeah, what makes Odell happy? I think we're going to find out. And, you know, part of it is how was he used last year? You know, I, I'll never forget kind of that, that Monday night game against the Jets. He, he has the deep catch that gets him down to the two-yard line. But then he also, you know, later in the game had that catch and run, uh, one of the Browns' longest plays of the year. And it was one of those moments where you thought, okay, here we go. They figured it out. They've got Odell going. It starts now. You know, the, the playoff push, everything starts now. Baker and Odell are on the same page. And it just never happened again. You just never saw them kind of jive like that and hit one of those, you know, quick hitters catch and runs that Odell is so good at we think of Odell a lot of times as you know a guy that can go deep and make the spectacular catch but sometimes you just get him one-on-one -on -one racing a safety or racing a corner and he's going to win that race he, he's that fast so just figuring that out too and he's going to get a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups I think with this play action and you've got to deal with Jarvis and Kareem Hunt and tight ends and Nick Chubb I, I think it, it sounds a little bit like a lot of what we said last year uh, but he's going to get a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups, and I think this coaching staff will be able to take advantage of it. It was such a frustrating year last year for him in so many ways. I mean, you know, Freddie wanted, you know, wanted him to be happy. You know, he wanted him to be mentally ready to be here. Well, then when he got him here, he really didn't know what to do with him. He didn't know how to scheme up the offense to get him open. I mean, and Odell tried to do as many things as he could on his own to freelance to get open, and then he wasn't where Baker needed him to be when he needed him to be there. Uh, so it was just kind of a mess. And I, I think it's just going to be very precise this year. It's just going to be very organized and very precise. And he's already sat down with him. He's watched film. He knows exactly what his role is going to be. 
Now, of course, there'll be some, a little bit of freelancing to get open here and there, but for the most part, the scheme itself will be conducive to a really, really good season for, for Odell because you're not going to be able to double him on every play. I mean, you're just not going to be able to do that. And last year, even though the numbers uh, clearly showed that ba Baker Mayfield excelled in play action and struggled out of play action, Freddie was still reluctant to do it until the second half of the season when I think that the analytics people really got to him and said, look, here's how you have to do this. Do you see what's happening here? And, and, and finally, I think he got it. Those were some frustrating Monday morning meetings with Paul D. Podesta, Freddie Kitchens, John Dorsey, uh, and those guys, you know, trying to, to get him to do things that would to, to be conducive to good production on the part of everyone. And it was just such a frustrating season for Odell and for Jarvis. And he almost didn't have a thousand yards and he didn't make the Pro Bowl. I mean, for Odell Beckham Jr. not to make the Pro Bowl, you know, you almost have to try to keep him out of the Pro Bowl, you know? So I, I really think that, um, that they have to make him, they have to keep him happy this year. And I think, that, I think that they will. I think they'll recognize that when you have a superstar player on your football team, uh, you, you have to, to make sure that, that they are having a good season. You have to keep them happy. You cannot have... Odell and Jarvis unhappy, or we've talked about this before, or the other people on the offense are going to feel it. It's going to be the vibe. It's going to be overriding. And, and you don't want that. And you can say all you want that it's all about the team. It's all about the team, but it's all about the team. It's also about showcasing your star players. I mean, it'd be like, Oh, well, LeBron James, you know, we don't really need to, you know, he doesn't need to be the superstar that he is. I mean, <laughs> Yes, he does, and uh, and yes, so does Odell Beckham Jr. Well, the reason this question comes up is because the Browns' offense is going to change drastically. They're going to be, if you know, the mold holds from what happened in Minnesota with Stefanski. The Browns will be one of the few teams in the NFL that run the ball more than they throw it. So, limited opportunities. It's going to be more about you know quality over quantity. I think with with all the receivers, you know, not just Beckham, but also Jarvis Landry and, and Austin Hooper when he's getting things thrown his way, David Njoku. Um, they're going to have to be a little more efficient, and I think in order to, to make the most of those opportunities because, again, you're not going to have 130 targets coming your way if you're, if you're Odell Beckham Jr. this year. It's just not going to happen. So, um, And that's, that's a big change from just his career as a whole. He had – I'm looking through uh, uh, his targets in his career – He's had less than 120 just once, and that was the year when he played four games. Um, so he's used to seeing a lot of passes come his way and catching a lot of passes. Um, so, again, I guess we find out, you know, what really is important. You know, is it, is, it, is it winning or is it feeling like you're being a major contributor to that winning? Um, and I'm sure it'll be easy to tell <laughs> as the season goes on, uh, how, how Odell and really, you know, Jarvis and, and anybody else on this team feels about how they're being used. Now, um, if, if we're wondering about the deep pass, I, I actually just looked this up. Kirk Cousins, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, uh, when it comes to deep pass percentage. So in 2018, he was actually down near the bottom of the league at about 10.6% when it came to the number of, of pass attempts that he threw that, that they considered deep. Now, last year, when Kevin Stefanski was the play caller, 
you know, the percentage didn't jump a ton. It went up to 13.7, but that's good enough to get him into the top 10 in the number of deep passes thrown. So, you know, that maybe that doesn't tell the whole story if you go back and watch every single game or, or something like that. But it does tell you that when Kevin Stefanski was calling plays, uh, Kirk Cousins was throwing the ball down the field. So on top of, you know, what I said, trying to make that connection on some of those, those quick catch and runs, uh, it seems like Kevin Stefanski wants to create opportunities to push the ball down the field, which makes sense. If you're going to be so heavy on play action and the zone blocking uh, and, and all of that and have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, now you want those receivers to go over the top and, and get those one-on-one -on -one matchups with safeties. And I don't know, maybe even you end up with a linebacker or something who, who gets stuck in the slot against one of these guys and, and you can kind of abuse that matchup a little bit. You know, that, that's kind of what you're looking for. And Baker Mayfield, He's not afraid to push the ball down the field. We, we know that. He's actually above Kirk Cousins on this list as, as far as deep passes, deep pass percentage. He's one spot ahead of him. So, you know, Mayfield's going to love the opportunity to throw the ball down the field, if, especially if Beckham's out there running free. Well, what, they, what has to happen this year is Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. need to be better together than they were last year. They just were not on the same page enough last year at all. And it got to the point where Baker Mayfield really just did not trust throwing the ball to Odell Beckham Jr. How many times did we see Odell waving open and getting frustrated after a play because he was open and Baker didn't look his way? And he, he just never really developed that, that trust, that comfort level with him. Unfortunately, those two guys haven't gotten to develop that this offseason that much either. Hopefully, uh, that will change throughout training camp uh, because Odell underwent core muscle surgery in January. He should be healthier. He should be ready for training camp and, and get a lot of work in, depending how training camp goes. Uh, but those two guys, they, they need to get their mojo down. They need to have their chemistry together. And it'll be interesting to see if, if Odell – plays within the framework of this very precision timing offense because I remember asking Alex Van Pelt about that and he was like oh no there will not be any freelancing you've got to be on on the mark and that's how Baker likes it Baker likes the receiver to be on the mark and then he puts it right where he's supposed to because he can he can throw dimes so um so those two the chemistry between the two of them has, has got to improve Seven, I think it was seven or eight of Baker's uh, interceptions were on passes intended for Odell Beckham Jr. That's too many. I mean, of course, you know, you would expect that, uh, you know, that there would be some. But seven, I mean, some quarterbacks, including Kirk Cousins, I don't even think had seven interceptions the whole entire season. So that has got to improve. I think with the lack of identity in the offense last year, maybe there was a bit more of a burden on trying to make the most out of uh, the passing game with Beckham and Landry uh, last year. This year, maybe you don't have that as much because we all know that it's going to be run focused first and everything's going to kind of build from that. And so maybe, you know, even though you didn't have a full off season and uh, you didn't have the opportunity to, to get together with Baker and, and throw, maybe there's a little more, a little more time to, to get that down this season because, you know, the run game is going to be the thing that you're kind of building around and everything kind of works off that. So there isn't going to be as much of a burden. Plus you brought in a very prolific tight end. That's going to see a lot of passes come his way in Austin Hooper, um, which, you know, goes back to how I think, you know, the overall targets that the Beckham was going to see are going to go down anyway. So um, maybe there isn't going to be as much of a push to make sure that uh, 
he, you know, that he has to be used. Obviously, you want to use Odell Beckham Jr. in your offense, but last year was his first year. You just made this big trade for him, so you're going to want to do everything you can to get him the ball. This year, you know, we've talked all about how, how many offensive weapons they have, um, and if they want to make use of all of them, then I think the, the usage level for everybody across the board goes down a little bit. And I think to be fair to Odell, there's something to be said, going back to, to the points about him and Baker not being on the same page. This guy had one quarterback in New York. His whole time, he had one quarterback. Eli Manning did not miss games. So it's not like, you know, he had, they had three or four different starters over that span. And, you know, for as much as people might want to, you know, pick on Eli a little bit, especially towards the end of his career, he was still the only quarterback that Odell really knew at the NFL level. He's the only guy that he played real NFL games with uh, for the first however many years of his career. So then he comes to Cleveland. And Baker is a completely different quarterback from Eli Manning. He's much more precision, like you mentioned, Mary Kay. Uh, he, you know, he'll still take those shots down the field, but it's just a very different type of quarterback. You're learning a new offense. You've never played with another quarterback really in, in the NFL. That's a big adjustment for a guy to make on top of you're going from New York to Cleveland and you just had your first trade and it wasn't necessarily your choice, right? It's, it wasn't a free agent signing. You didn't go to Dave Gettleman and say, you have to trade me to Cleveland. You just got traded to Cleveland. So there was a lot of adjustment that had to go on with Odell Beckham. And I think if we've learned anything about him is he's pretty open and, and honest about, you know, dealing with, with different things. And, I, you know, I do think it was a struggle for him. Yeah, it was. And, and one of the things that he really had to adjust to when you talk about all those years that he spent with Eli Manning, I mean, they, they did finish each other's sentences. They got to the point where even though, you know, he, it did not end that well because Eli was a little bit on the decline towards the end. Uh, in the beginning, uh, they, they did a lot of great, great things together. And of course, he completely 100% felt comfortable uh, with the velocity and the football that, that Eli threw to him. And when he got to Baker, it was just so different. It was probably like being married to somebody else. You know, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, it came in like a wrecking ball and he had a hard time. I think he really had a hard time uh, catching those passes. And then there are the nuances that go on between a quarterback and his receiver where, you know, you know exactly what he's going to do coming out of his break. You know exactly the quarterback knows where to put the ball on his, you know, on his hip or on his shoulder or whatever, on a fade. And, you know, they just know those little things about each other. And, um, and, and Baker and Odell never really developed that. And that's why, I mean, 130 targets and only 70, whatever, four catches. I mean, that is just completely unacceptable, but it felt like that. And that's why we look at Odell's season and it, it, it didn't seem like a good season because you know, half the time we were looking out there, he wasn't catching the ball that was targeted for him. And, and I just think that, that that's going to change this year for a lot of reasons, uh, again, including the fact that he's had the surgery, he should be able to practice. I think these guys are, you know, they might even get together. It seems like, you know, they might even get together in the offseason a little bit. We'll find out about that. Um, just the scheme and everything else. Uh, again, I don't think Baker will, I don't think Odell will be doubled as much because uh, there will be so many other things going on. But I, do, you, do you guys remember uh, Odell said to me at one point in the season that this was going to be the best year of his life? The best year of his life. He said that after the game too, I think. And I am just telling you right now, 
it's going to have to be a really, really good last six months of 2020 for this to turn into the best year of Odell's life. Yeah, we talk about the, uh, you know, the, the low catch rate that, that Beckham had last year, all those targets and, and so few catches. Do you remember Andre Risen? I'm sure you do, Mary Kay. Uh, huge free agent signing, 95. That year, he had 103 targets, caught only 47 passes. That's like 45%. Um, yeah. And he, he wasn't 103 targets, which was most on the team, like by double digits, right. third in receptions, third in catches that third in catches and, and receiving yards that year. So, yeah, Beckham didn't live up to the standards that, that I think he has for himself and a lot of people have for himself, but at least he didn't have an Andre Risen year last season. <laughs> that's he true. can hang yeah, his hat on that. Andre Risen had a bad year in, in a lot of ways that year. That's, that's true. He did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll leave it at that. All right, yeah. uh, that'll be this edition of our 20 questions of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Make sure you check out the series at cleveland.com slash browns. Check out Football Insider information there as well. So you see how you can get that 14-day free trial. And make sure you are subscribed to our podcast everywhere you get our podcast. If you missed any of these, check out the feed uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, again, wherever wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you've got Orange and Brown Talk. Subscribe there. For Mary Kay and Scott, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.